Hey, welcome to the Cone Zone. We're the Cones. Grant Cone, Lowell Cone, will be here for the next hour, talking about what John Lynch said yesterday, talking about what Christian McCaffrey said yesterday, talking about, we're going to be talking Brooklyn, we're going to be talking whether this is George Kittle's <laughs> final season on the 49ers, but foist, foist, we want to give a very special happy birthday to my niece, Camila Strauss, who turns 11 years old on the 30th. So on Camilla, Sunday, we're, we're going to a big party, and big it's party. my my granddaughter. So uh, we want to give a shout out to Camila. We love you, Camila. Love you, Camila. Shout out to you. Congratulations on becoming eleven. That's a big one. Two ones together. All right, Dad. Uh, let's talk Kittle. We'll we'll get in. No, you know, know what? Let's not talk Kittle first. We're gonna save Kittle. Fish and Chips wants uh, wants to know. Hey, Papa Cone, how's the book on Brooklyn going? Oh, what a nice thank you! I'm about two thirds of the way through. Um, so He's a that fuego. I mean, uh, <laughs> he means I'm on fire. I'm actually uh, doing very well, and I I liked my book very much, my sports memoir, Gloves Off. But I actually like this one better. It means more to me. So um, yeah, thank. Uh, it's I'm. It's giving a lot of meaning to my life, and I'm looking for meaning these days. I have so thank you for the question. I'm curious, who do you send your rough draft to? Well, what's going to happen? First of all, I send it to you. You're the right. first reader. That's right. You're, I'm the guy. I, yeah, I'm I guy. send it whenever I finish a chapter. I, I won't stay too long on this because I know you want to hear about sports. My wife Dawn, who passed away, was my editor. She was brilliant, and she was a better writer than I am. Whenever I finished a chapter in a book, she was the she edited it, and I never she always had things to say, and I never quarreled because she was smarter than me. She's gone, but Iggy thinks like her he, about writing um, and about movies, and so uh, Iggy is always the first reader, and he and he makes ch and the last one he su he suggested I add a whole topic that I had overlooked. And he was right, and my wife would have said that. So Iggy's the primary reader. He's he was an English major at UCLA, and he's very very smart and generous. Thank you very much, Dad. It's really good, yeah. you guys. I can't wait for you guys to read it. I've read all of it so far, but it's not done. No, Lucas I'm says, about, "Yeah, go ahead." I, I about two thirds. Two, two thirds. thirds. Two, two thirds. thirds. Lucas Bissell says, "Hey, Grant, Mr. Cohen. Hope you guys are well. Just wanted to let you know I got a hundred percent on that interview you helped me with. Thanks so much again. Good. Okay." I'm glad Lucas wanted to come through for Lucas. All right, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm a little devil, and I knew this was going to happen. I, I knew Christian McCaffrey was going to go over the top with praise. So yesterday when he came out, someone asked him a question about, like, um, is Christian McCaffrey excited about being here on this team? And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course, weapons uh, coach. So I said, hey, Christian, <laughs> um, what kind of quarterback are the 49ers getting in Sam Darnold, just teed it up for him. And uh, let me read to you what he said. Sam is great. He can do everything. He can make any throw. He's smart. He's able to pick up things quickly and do his job. Does exactly what he is told all the time and then adds a little flair to it too. I got the privilege to play with Sam. Not enough, unfortunately. I had some injuries. But he's a guy who's just a gamer and he's tough as hell. 
He has played through a lot and never made excuses. Happy he's here. John Elway, apparently, is is uh, who the Niners got to be there. <laughs> wow. I mean, what more could you say about a guy? He's everything. Literally great and, and good at everything, according to Christian McCaffrey, who's a really good friend of Sam Darnold's and went to the Warrior game with him the other night. Ah, this is bad news for Trey if he's reading this. I, I, wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to read this if I were him. Okay, uh, uh, first of all, he's not going to shit on him, right? He's not going to say, you know, look at he his sucks. numbers. He sucks. I mean, he sucks. you wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect him to say that. So let's give him a little a little bit of credit. But I think you're making an important point, especially that they went to the game together and all that. Yeah. It seems like every quarterback on the 49ers has friends and defenders except for trey lance it's just like yes. trey lance they lock him in the broom closet you know what i mean he's in the broom he's harry he's, potter he's in true. the broom he's harry potter or he's like private pile if you remember full metal jacket which i don't think you do but anyone no. watching he was the one guy in the in the uh platoon that no one wanted to be in the platoon so it could be him yeah, I and the thing about it is, because this is really a Trey Lance question, not a Sam Darnold yeah. question, right? True, yeah. I don't know what people have against Trey Lance. I mean, does he have body odor? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is he insecure? It, does he yeah. try too hard? Does Is he a close talker? You know some people get a little too close to you when they talk and then they don't brush their teeth and you're like, dude, you need to get out of my face? He could be that. Although, actually, all a of close, my interactions I don't with like him, a he's close. been... I don't like a close talker. But all my interactions with him have been, he's been quite charming, and he seems like he's been well-raised. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't get it. But it, it, again, this is a case to me. They they love Purdy. Now uh, people are in love with Darnold, and we'll get to Darnold in a minute. But no one comes out really and defends this kid, including the including the general manager, who's always mm-hmm. harping on it, he's not healthy. They got him hurt. Uh, how could you blame him for breaking his leg? Uh, it's it's kind of insane. No one in the in that organization defends him. Now you asked Lynch yesterday, have um, Trey Lance's people asked for a trade, and he said no. That no. may or may not he that may or may not be true. I don't know. You know what I learned after the fact that really complicates matters? Trey Lance's what? people are also Sam Darnold's people. Oh, my they're the God. Same, they're the same agent. So, again, so from, from Trey's perspective, who is on my side here? My own representation is representing the guy I'm competing with this offseason. So, I mean, they don't give a damn who wins that competition. Creative uh, CAA w- wins either way. Jimmy maybe Sexton wins sh- either way. Maybe he should get another agent. I think he should get another agent. Okay, let's talk about Sam Darnold. Because yeah. here's the thing, Iggy. I've never really seen him play, okay? Yeah. So let's do a little primer in Sam Darnold. Is he as great as CMC says he is? No. No. Here's the thing with Sam Darnold. They're trying to make him out like he's the next Alex Smith. He was on the Jets. They're terrible. He was on the Panthers. They had a bad coach who got fired. He's been in bad situations. He's never been in a good team like this. You know, Trey Lance was given everything. They gave him the job. He didn't have to earn it. He's been on the 49ers. Couldn't do anything with it. Darnold hasn't been in a situation like that. Let's see if if he can do what Brock Purdy did. I think that's what some people are thinking. But if you go back to USC, he had a one good year at USC. And then his last year at USC, he, he threw a bunch of picks and committed a bunch of fumbles, which is what he does in the NFL. He's a turnover machine. And it started in college. At USC, which you can't say is a bad situation for a quarterback. So I would think he's just 
a mirage that people got excited about because people always get excited about USC quarterbacks. Interesting. Well, if he's a turnover machine on the Niners, if he gets to play, he'll play himself right out of the lineup. Uh, you, you, I would rather have a mediocre quarterback than a good thrower who uh, fumbles away the ball or throws picks. You can't have a guy like that. They lose games. Oh, yeah. They were saying that he had like a career renaissance. You know, he, he won four of his last five games. In his last start, he threw for 35 yards, five of 15, two picks, two fumbles. Like, he's a disaster. Every, like, once a month or, or more. So if the Niners really think that he's going to be the next Alex Smith, Alex Smith, what he remember him 10 years ago? What he did was he stopped turning the ball over the ball entirely. Right. He became very conservative. I don't know that very. Sam Darnold can do that. I don't know that he can do that, or even if that's what you want. And the other thing I'd like to point out, so the Niners are excited about this guy based on six games. Where have we heard that before? They sell themselves on quarterbacks based on very little data. It's true. And in fact, hold on, and they've soured on Trey Lance based on very little data. That's right. In every other regard, they're really of, of have great foresight and great judgment about players. When it comes to quarterbacks, I think they're cuckoo. Yeah. What they say is like, Brock Purdy was good for eight games last year. He's our franchise quarterback. Sam yeah. Darnold was good for six games last year. Let's make him, you know, uh, the backup quarterback who could be become a franchise quarterback too. Trey Lance hasn't been exactly what we wanted for four starts. Let's get him out of town. Like, whoa. Right. Whoa. Right. It seems very fickle, doesn't it? Yeah, and when you put it out and you put it like that, it's like there's no wonder that you don't have a franchise quarterback. I mean, franchise quarterbacks take time. Joe Montana, it's not like Bill Walsh drafted him in 1979, threw him on the field, was like, oh, you suck, and then went to someone else. I looked it up. He started Joe Montana three and nine in his career, and then he took off like when he was 25 years old. Steve didn't take off till he was freaking like 29, 30. So the Niners are very, very impatient. And why would you draft Trey Lance if you were impatient in the first place? Everyone said you had to be patient with him. Anyway. And it shows, and we're going to get back to Bill Walsh later. Bill Walsh, who could be very impulsive and emotional, very, was very patient with quarterbacks because right. he understood what it took. Yeah. And yeah. quarterbacks are a little bit different than the other football players, if you think about it. Yeah. You know? They're different. That They wear different colored jerseys and practice. You can't touch them. They're different, and you have to treat them differently, and the Niners treat them like they're just any other position on the team. Yeah. They do. All Niners is completely off topic, but I'm curious on your guys' opinion on uh, artificial intelligence, specifically in college students using it to write papers. Dad, have you heard of this? I'm sure my dad doesn't know I, about this. Tell me about it. There's a new technology. like It's called ChatGBT, and you can go online and say, write a thousand-word essay for me on this topic, and it'll do it for you in like 30 seconds. And it's good. Like artificial intelligence is spooky good now. And it's making it harder for, I mean, kids just cheat in college. Like, you know, that didn't do their homework. They can do this instead of plagiarizing. They can get a, a literal robot to write a story for them. And it's good, an essay. So that's a problem. It makes it very hard for a professor. Very hard. And if you, you know what? It, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. What go I would have done it. In my classes, what I would have done, again, I've never confronted anything like this. I would have made one of the papers oral. Mm, you okay. come in, and we're going to talk for 20 minutes. I like Here's that. your topic. Uh, I'm going to give genius. you the topic when you walk in the room. That's genius. 
I like uh, that. You know, when I took my uh, doctoral orals at Stanford, yeah. boy, that was scary, Iggy. Oh, that, oh what happened yeah. was I had to wake up that morning. It was in the afternoon, the orals, and uh, the department secretary called me like at 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning, and said, this is your topic. And I had to come in and present it at my doctoral orals in, in about four hours preparation. I got to tell you, Iggy. Very stressful. I, it was very stressful. Very and plus stressful. the orals themselves, you know, were stressful. Ooh. But if I were a teacher and I was dealing with this AI stuff, I would say your midterm is oral. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll schedule it in 20-minute segments. Uh, I think it, what's interesting about AI for the implications on sports media is they could essentially replace beat writers, you know, game stories, all that kind of stuff that doesn't have a lot of style. You could uh, get a robot to do, you know, yeah. what happened. Could the robot four. go in the locker room of the clubhouse and talk to some guy after a loss? No, they couldn't. But you know what I'm saying? A lot of those game stories are kind of robotic anyway. A robot could they replace are. them if you don't have a little, if you don't have a little flair. You don't have a little UCLA English flair. <laughs> you know what? Maybe some robots are writing them right now. <laughs> Mr. Bell says, I don't want to hear about Sam until Trey is off the team. Well, get ready to hear Kittle talking about him and Juszczyk talking about him. Rod Simmons says, Cone's wine bet equals is better than Skip and Shannon's cases of dew. Yeah, we make some serious wine bets over here. Do we have any? No, we don't right have now? anyone going. No. Bobby D we, says, if you're. Because we both, we were going to bet <laughs> on whether they trade Trey Lance in the draft. And I was supposed to take one side and I forgot. Yeah, you didn't feel like just giving me a bottle of wine. I'm going to have to earn this. That was an, that was an obvious yeah. one. Bobby D says, if you're mad about spending three first-round picks on Lance, pretend you spent them on Purdy Grant. Some of us remember you were on the Purdy train. I got caught up in it. Then he got hurt. He's not a, first, he's not a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, ho, ho, daddy, ho, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, when you say Grant was on the, on the Purdy train, we both were in a, a particular sense. What a story. Remember, yeah. we're journalists. We want to yeah. we want to tell good stories, and that was Cinderella in football. Yeah. I think we both think a lot of him. Yeah, but there are two caveats. He's hurt. What will he be when he comes back? And when he comes back over the long haul, is he at the elite level that you need? We don't know. That's not saying we don't like him. Okay. Also, yeah, he, he has a place on this team for a while. He's under contract for a while. He's at least the perfect backup. He could be more. But the thing about him is, think about this. What if he were on the Panthers last year and Sam Darnold were on the Niners? What would you think of Purdy and Darnold? Like, I think a lot of, the fa a lot of the, what we like about Purdy is that he was on the best team in the league. Um, yeah. So let's see what Darnold looks like on the best team in the league. Papa Cone bringing the heat today and here for it, says 49ers daddy. Bringing the heat. Oh, he's just getting started. Prediction on game five, says Irfan. Hey, listen, I read this morning that this fox has a broken finger yeah, on his shooting hand. So, I mean, and that he might not even play. So let's put it like this. If he can't play or if he plays but he's limited, forget it. It's over with. It's over with. Fish and Chip says, uh, front office love the fans, John, about quarterback's distraction. It's a technique. Maybe. 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 All right, let's next one. So, sticking with the McCaffrey-Darnold theme, uh, the 49ers are very cliquish on offense. Yeah. Their big stars on offense are very good friends. They vacation together. And Kyle Shanahan vacations with them. So does Jed. And 
McCaffrey's part of that group. They vacationed in Cabo. I call him the Cabo click, um, affectionately, somewhat. Well, McCaffrey's in it, and now Darnold is, seems to be in it by proxy because he's friends with all these guys and has been friends with them and is the same age of them. Um, and that's interesting to me. It seems like a very divisive thing to do. But then I remember you telling me that back in the day, Eddie used to bring Joe Montana and Ronnie Lott and Dwight Clark to Vegas sometimes, kind of in the same spirit. Well, Eddie was uh, Eddie had favorites. Uh, yeah. Now, I Eddie, you're never going to watch this, but if someone tells you about it, Eddie, we've made peace. I really like you. In fact, Iggy was there when we made peace. Um, but I think it's fair to say that you became very close with Dwight and with uh, Joe and with Ronnie, and that was your business. But probably. Other players like offensive linemen like Keith Fonhorst might have felt a little left out. Uh, and now, it never hurt the team. They won all those championships. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. They went on strike whatever, whatever year that was. Uh, after they won the Super Bowl, there was a strike. And the word was that Eddie was, I think it was, paying certain guys even though they were on strike like Dwight and Joe and Eddie and guys if I, and Joe if I'm wrong it's a long time ago please forgive me mm -hmm. um and when the strike was over uh I one of the coaches told me there was a very tense scene in the locker room between Ronnie Lott and Russ Francis the tight end who as far as I understand it, was on a different side from Ronnie and Joe and Dwight. And the coach told me they almost came to blows, Ronnie and Russ. And he said, boy, I would love to have seen that fight. So it was yeah. very tense. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was as a result of, of Eddie, I would say, having favorites. So it, now let's get back to the modern day. Um, so I was real quick, it, does, it, just, it, it is somewhat divisive, right? It's naturally divisive to do something like this. Some of the players would tell me about it, and they, they didn't like it. They, right. they, they didn't yeah. like it. And a cer especially in that strike year, the team was polarized. But Bill, who had a genius at leadership, brought them back together. But he had to work at it. And that's what I wanted to go to. So there's similarities between the Cabo click and the Vegas click. And you could argue that Jed is just, you know, continuing the tradition that his uncle created. But the big difference is that I don't believe Bill Walsh was in Vegas partying with them. And Kyle is in Cabo partying and uh, fraternizing with the players like he is a player. And I think that's a huge difference between those two. Well, let me talk a little about Bill because I know how he operated. Bill was extremely distant from his players. He was really distant. I told you that Steve Young said he never praised them. Uh, they, they would uh, do a drill, uh, and sometimes it was very hard. And he would expect Bill to say, nice going, let's move on. Mm -hmm. Bill couldn't praise. So Bill would say, okay, next, uh, next thing we're going to do. And I right. want to tell you why I think Bill was like that. I, Bill had, I believe... I mean, according to what he told me, a father who was abusive, I don't know if that included physically abusive, but who, I think his father never praised him. And you know, Iggy, 
if your dad doesn't praise you, you don't learn praise. I praise you and Brian all the time, and I mean it. And as a result, you and Brian are very generous and can praise mm-hmm. people. Bill never praised. I never heard him praise anybody. I don't think he could do it. Interesting. Interesting. But after Bill retired, then he would become friends with the players. Right. After he retired, because there was nothing at stake anymore, and he didn't have to have the distance of a head coach. And I also want to say, right. I don't think Bill was friendly with his coaches. Um he became friendly with certain media people because he could complain to them about the injustices of life and about players and coaches right. on his team. But I don't think he became friendly with coaches. I would describe it this way, too. Like, we have a very friendly relationship. In fact, you're my best friend. But I'm 35 years old. And when I was a kid living in the house in junior, junior high and high school, we were not friends. I mean, we had a great relationship, but you always would tell me, like, I'm not your friend, I'm your dad. And I remember when I turned yeah. 18 and went to college, like, our relationship switched very uh, drastically. And I was like, wow, I guess my dad really was serious about that. Like, <laughs> as soon as I was on my own, we, we were, it was much more like we were friends. Um, so I guess that's kind of like Bill. Like, hey, man, I'm not your friend. I'm here to coach you. I might have to cut you. Right. I might have to trade you. We're, th- there's going to be some, you know, learning experience for, for you. And I need to be on a different level as you. And as soon as that relationship is over, we can be friends. So let's come back to Jed and to Kyle. Do you think there's an issue, a, a problem with how they cozy up to certain players? I think it's a bigger problem for Kyle than for Jed. I mean, Eddie did it. Oh. Jed did it. I don't think anyone wants to really be Jed's friend. I think it's about Kyle. People, people want to be Kyle's friend because he's getting people paid. He decides who gets the ball. Uh, he calls the plays, and he seems to be that kind of a leader who's open to being influenced by relationships. If you want the ball, what's you better be his friend. So what's the downside of that for the team? Let's talk about it right here. Uh, it seems to me that Kyle Shanahan really blurs the line between friendship and leadership. Bill Walsh didn't. Bill Walsh was a leader. He was not your friend. He was your friend when he, wasn't, when he didn't have to be your leader anymore. He was never both. But Kyle's both. Kyle is not coach. He's Kyle. He goes and hangs out with them on the road, uh, on vacation. They throw footballs together. It's like he's one of them, but then he's not. And I wonder, you know, it's great. Like, I think what he would say is he's made it. So if Jed ever fired him, he's got six or seven of the best players in the team that would go to Jed immediately and be like, hey, well, you better get rid of us too because that's the only guy I want to play for because of that loyalty to him. That's a great thing for his job security, but he's gone so far that – when he brought in Trey Lance and wanted to play Trey Lance, it seemed like the players that he's friends with were like, no, we like Jimmy. And Kyle was like, okay, I guess it's a democracy then. And it's not a democracy. It's not. It's an autocracy. It's an autocracy. It yeah. But that's and not I'll, how the Niners I'll, function. Sorry, go ahead. No, and I'll tell you one other thing. Let's say he does have certain players that he favors and he socializes with. Again, Iggy, I'm not there and you're not socializing, so this is what we've heard. But let, let's say it's true. It means there's two teams. Yeah. It means there's the regular team and, and the preferred team, right? The A-list team. Well, um, it's not good to have two teams, because it's one team. It's one team. You could even say it's two teams. It's offense and defense. No. They're on the same team, and they yeah. support each other. Um, so the idea of having a, a more some more equal than others 
could lead to trouble and may already have led to trouble with quarterbacks and is not a good management style. When I was uh, at the annual meetings a few weeks ago, the week before then I had written on Twitter like, Kyle Shanahan's a bad leader. And we had talked about that on our channel. We did a whole thing about why Kyle's not a leader and you would talk about that Marine that you would talk to. Someone from the organization oh, yeah. came came up to me. Someone from, I'm not gonna say who, came up to me at those meetings and said, man, what are you talking about with Kyle Shanahan not a leader? Like, the players love him. And I said, yeah, but you know, that's leadership and and friendship are not the same thing necessarily. And a lot of times leaders make decisions that are unpopular. That's what I said. And I think that's, Boy, it. that's what makes him so intriguing. He's liked, but does that make him a good leader? I don't know. Maybe after the show, you'll tell me who that was. I bet you can guess who it was, but yeah, I'll tell you who it was. Later. Yeah. But what I want to, what I take away from that is someone in the organization is paying attention to you. And what I also take away from that is Kyle's sensitive about this. Ah, and sent an emissary? Yeah, he's sensitive about this. He, he knows that he's not a natural leader. His style of leadership is to be friends with the players. And it works for him because he's got allies and he's got, you know, job security. But that's not leadership. It's not. And he knows it. Hey, you know, I want to come back to Walsh for a minute. Yeah. You know, I don't think he and Seaford really liked each other. Interesting. I mean, wow. let me say, Bill, when he would talk to me about Seaford, he never praised him. He, he didn't <laughs> praise anyone, apparently. No, I mean, but I mean, and him had beef. Oh, McKittrick and him was way beyond. No, there was an active dislike between okay. Bob McKittrick and the active dislike. It was just icing um, between him and Seifert. Well, he used to Stand sometimes up. criticize him to me. Well, yeah. He, he would say, did you see how we managed this game? Oh, oh right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Seifert you know. took over the team and, and won his first year. And I got to tell you, they, they used to have this thing. Uh, this is terrible. The beat writers at the end of every season would have a, a dinner with the coach. Now it ended. I think, you know, I think it might have ended with Harbaugh a little before that. Well, I was told that uh, George, when he was a coach, got drunk one night and he did a toast, screw Bill Walsh. That's what, that's what I was told. Now, I didn't go to those. I didn't feel I deserved it because I was a columnist. But I heard it from more than one person. Wow. So I'm saying... I don't think they were that friendly, but they worked together. Yeah. How many people in that organization resented Bill for never praising him over a 10-year span, right? Right. Right? After all, right. The, after all the Super Bowls they won together, Bill still couldn't. Pr- That'd be interesting. <laughs> then I'll tell you another story because I know people like this. It's a Dwight Clark story. After poor Dwight died, they had the big memorial for him in the city. And <laughs> Eddie, Eddie is a very good public speaker. So uh, at one point, he gave Dwight a big raise. Um, you know, the salaries were different then, to a half a million dollars uh, a, a season. And apparently, Carmen went nuts. Carmen Policy, you're breaking up my salary structure. He isn't yeah. worth it and all that. And when it was all over, Dwight wrote a letter to Eddie, and he said, thanks, half a million. <laughs> That's, That's what Eddie said. It's great. That's that. what Eddie said at the memorial. <laughs> Eddie, thanks, thanks half a million. million. Don't you love it? Line. That's a great yeah. line. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, Rod Simmons says, Grant, liked your philosophy last season that the Niners would play the role of the 72 Dolphins. If Trey re- returns, will you revisit that? 
I mean, if Trey returns, I do think they should be handing off most of the time. But I also feel like I don't think you can win a Super Bowl the way the 72 Dolphins won it, where you run for 3,000 yards and play defense. I think you got to pass today at some point. So hopefully they can do that with someone at some point on this team. All right, let's talk about George Kittle. Last year I said the Niners should trade George Kittle. They didn't. He had a nice, a very nice season, stayed healthy. Um, Now there's some rumors that Brandon Ayuk might get traded, or not that he might, but that the Giants were interested. I asked John Lynch, would you do it? And he was just like, no, we love Brandon Ayuk. We want him here, all that. So forget that. I'm thinking next year George Kittle might get traded that this could be his last year because he's getting a little getting a little bit older and eventually Brandon Ayuk might surpass him on the pecking order because right now Kittle's still ahead of him I would think anyway do you think that uh that's feasible here that this could be the last dance for George Kittle okay if I were running that organization I would make this his last season yeah Bill always said trade him a year too early not a year too late right I think if you trade him after this season, you can get value for him. I think his career after this year, and maybe even starting this season, will be on the decline. So I would say get what you can from him this season. Draft a really good tight end in, in the draft, a promising tight end that you can actually throw the ball to and who can block and do all the things he does or used to do. And I would say make this his last season. What do you think? I would say so, too. Right now, the way I look at it is he's third in the Niners' pecking order. Uh, it goes McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk when they're all healthy in terms of who's going to get the most touches. And for him to even be third is amazing because he's making $18 million this year. Like, that's a number one guy. And when they paid him, they thought he'd be their number one guy. But he's three now, and he's a good one. But next year, with Ayuk improving, he could, Kittle could be four. And then he'll be making $19 million. And eventually, you can't pay that much money for a fourth option. And if they trade him next year, they save like $10 million. So, yeah, I think it's almost inevitable that they would probably trade him next year and get something for him. Iggy, how old is he? I'll tell you right now. I believe he's 29. He is 29 years old. He turns 30 on October 9th. Okay. Uh, yeah, trade him when he's 30. Uh, trade him when that's he's 30. That's what I... And uh, you save money uh, and you open up spots for other people. And you can sign other people. Yeah, absolutely. Because if... If you had to choose between trading Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle, I would trade trade Kittle. He's like five years older. Oh, I, I would say Ayuk right now is a better ball player than Kittle. Yeah, I would agree. Iggy, I have a I have a question for you. Yeah, and and you're much more literate than I am about this stuff. Conversant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you um, rate the top five tight ends in the league in order? And let's see oh, that's where a tough we're. One. If you can't that's do it, it's okay. One. I don't know if I can do it off the top of my head. He's he's definitely top five. Maybe I think top he's three. top five. Yeah. yeah. Kel- yeah. Kelsey is in there, right? Kelsey's number one. Kittle, Kittle's, I mean, he had such a great year receiving last year. I don't think he's the blocker he used to be. I think he used to be a little bit stronger, especially in his legs. But he started getting injuries, and I think he wanted to maybe lose a little weight for some longevity. And it's working. But he's, he's really good. He's really good. But to your point, like, he's about to be 30, and he could fall off a cliff quickly. The Niners got rid of Ronnie Lott and Roger Craig right around the same age. It would make sense. It would make sense. And Roger Craig and Ronnie Lott, all all due to Kittle, were better players than Kittle. Yes, absolutely. I, I, Kittle kind of reminds me of 
Dwight Clark a little bit, although Dwight was before my time. I've just seen highlights. But yeah. six foot five, tough, could run after the catch. I mean, I don't know, somewhat similar as receivers. Yeah, but uh, one difference. Dwight made the catch. And Dwight Kittle catch. never would, never would make the catch. He wouldn't be there and he wouldn't make the catch. Am I right? Correct. You're right. You're right. Wouldn't I want to talk about Ayuk for a second. I was talking to a coach about Ayuk and I was saying, you know, he reminds me a lot of Pierre Garçon. And the coach was like, oh, no, 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 no. He's much better than Pierre Garçon. You know who he reminds me of? John Taylor. He said, if, if, if Bill Walsh were coaching this team, he would be using Brandon Ayuk the way he used John Taylor. What, what, what do you think of that comparison? I love it. Um, yeah. I want to say John Taylor was a great wide receiver. Not yeah. good. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a twosome they had. Uh, he yeah. was just great. And I can see what he means uh, about Ayuk, but they haven't really had a quarterback who can fully take advantage of him. And they're so committed to running the ball, it's, it, he doesn't really get the opportunities. Um, but yeah, Don't if he, he were in a different offense... Don't you get the feeling that he's silently frustrated? Yes. I mean, not even not so silently. He tweeted something about a month ago saying, I'm the fourth option in a run first team. But then he, he tried to, he really, he said, I'm a fourth option in a run first team. Um, and it was like something after that, like, you know, I'm ready to go back to work and prove myself again or whatever. But yeah, it, it seems like, what the hell? The, no, one, no one features me. He's not really featured on this team when, frankly, he probably should be. And on other teams, he would be. He absolutely would be. Imagine if he were on the Chiefs. Yeah, he'd be. When Andy Reid would, would Andy <laughs> Reid would, he would have so yeah. much imagination what he would do with him. And you know, one thing, I, I, there are things. Again, I never met Ayuk. There are things I like about him. He is really tough, Iggy. Yeah. And you don't necessarily see wide receivers who are that tough. Dwight Clark was. He was right. very tough, and yeah. he's quiet. Mm-hmm. He he's he doesn't toot his own horn, mm-hmm. and you know what? A, a nice another thing. He has a very nice mommy. He does. He does. He's he's tough. He's quiet, but he's not like he's intense. Like he's very he's smoldering. He's, he's smoldering. Smoldering. Thank you. That's the word. I love it. Love it. My dad always has the right word. He's I'm a writer. Thing. Smoldering. I love that about him. Like he's so pissed, and you're not really sure what he's mad about. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Do you feel nervous about going up to him in the locker room? No. I've talked to him before. I mean, he's not a big talker, but since I took his mom out that one time and showed her a good time in Green Bay, he's always nice enough to me. Although, I don't know if he likes me. I mean, not that many people on the team actually like me. He's not like Jimmy Ward or anything, but he'll answer my questions. Debo won't. Hey, you know. uh, Debo won't answer my questions. Armstead won't answer my questions. (laughs) You know what I noticed yesterday? Wow. This, I. Uh, I watched Lynch. He never used your name yesterday. No. He used everybody else's name. I know. Oh. Matt, Eric. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> oh. <is> he... <laughs> was I getting Did punched? He I don't know. Or was it just yeah. an oversight? Maybe it was just an oversight. Too bad. Too bad. Are Fish you crushed? Is... I'm crushed. I want to be my friend. I thought we were friends. <laughs> Fish and Chip says Bill and Bob and George They got the rings It worked Kyle sits in his cupboard Pouring over his 1996 Denver Broncos playbook By candlelight Fish and Chips does not like The Shanahan's He's very I feel him on that He's passionate There are some people Who don't like the Shanahan's The draft They don't only talk Let's talk about the draft The draft starts On Thursday 
Okay, first, here's what I want you to do. Explain the draft, how it works for the three days. Right, because if you don't know so much, they've been changing it. Uh, it's, it used to be a two-day event. Two day event. Now it's three. So Thursday night, prime time, round one, that's it. I think there's like 10 minutes between the rounds. 32 pick, 31, because I think the, the Dolphins got one stolen from them or taken from them. Then Friday at night again is rounds two and three. I think it's five minutes between the rounds, but it's a longer night because it's two rounds. And then quick turnaround Saturday all day. Rounds four through seven. It's a Mondo. And then after that, they immediately start signing undrafted free agents, which means I'm working all day and Sunday too. So it's a big one. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Sunday because of the undrafted free agents? Yeah. Yeah. And those are people, fans want to know about them too. And they kind of trickle in one at a time. But you're going to come to Camila's birthday party at six o'clock. Yeah, I'll be at Camila's. If you didn't know, everyone, my niece. Is turning eleven on Sunday, and I'm going to be there. Shout out, Camila! Happy birthday! <laughs> okay, now we did okay. the, the ABC of the draft. Here's a question I posed to Iggy this mm-hmm. morning. I'm reading it. Um, what would it take for the Niners to make a big splash in this draft, mm-hmm. and would they make one? So those are two questions, and then I got a third. So what would it take for them to make a big splash? Because Iggy, they don't even draft till late in the thir- third round. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To me, there's only a couple of things they could do to make a big splash. They could, if they want to get into round one, I, I think there's only one thing they can do. It's trade like Brandon Ayuk or someone as good as him, and I don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. So forget that. They're not going to get in round one. A big splash they could do is trade Trey Lance, and I think they'd be willing to trade Trey Lance. They made that pretty clear. They're answering calls. Um, if some team would offer them a second round pick for Trey Lance, I think they'd take it. Does that qualify as a big splash? I mean, it'd be big news, but I don't think anyone's going to give them the second round pick for Trey Lance. Do you? No, I don't no. think so. Um, it would be a big splash and it would, it would be big news with tremendous repercussions for what they gave up for him in the first place. But I don't think anyone's, I think his trade value is very low. Is there any other scenario in which they could make a big splash, like trade a established veteran, Kittle, somebody like that? They could trade Kittle. They could trade Armstead. I think what they what, what Lynch said yesterday was they have big plans for this year. It almost feels like they want to keep their older vets together for one more year and take one more shot at it uh, before they start getting rid of guys. So, I, I mean, trading George Kittle for a rookie – I mean, that might be something they do next year, but I don't think they, they will do it this year. Um, same with Armstead, too. So I I, I don't see them make, moving up really high in the draft. Um, and also, it's like, from everything they say, the experts and John Lynch, it's a deep draft, but not a very talented draft at the top. So the, teams aren't looking at a lot of these players as future Hall of Famers. So it may not be the year where you want to move up and consolidate picks. It might be the year where you want to be down okay later my third question i'm going to go to my notes if they don't make a big splash the niners is it okay not to i think it's okay i think they made a big splash in free agency with javon hargrave they think that was the best free agent available he was great last year that's a big splash they gave him a ton of money and now they have a lot of draft picks late and they've been very successful drafting late um, I think it's okay because even though they're 
all in for this year, you still have to plan for the future too. And having 11 draft picks gives them all kind of ammunition for the future. So I think it's a smart way to go about the draft. I think they're actually doing a good job. It's not good. It's nice to praise them. I'm glad we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, they, they're a very good franchise. I mean, the quarter, we talk about the quarterback position like 75 to 80% of the time, but the rest of the franchise is pretty much good. I mean, the offensive line is like, you know, it's halfway done, but everything else is pretty much good. The draft, they've been doing this for a while. They're good at it. And uh, I don't know. I have confidence in everything except the most important thing. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Now, y- you've mentioned Armstead's name a few times. I-, I have a question for you. He refuses to talk to you. Yeah. It's his own business. Um, it doesn't make me like him. It doesn't make me feel he's a professional, but it's his own business. If he were talking to you in a, in a media setting, what questions would you ask him? What questions would I ask him? Hmm. You know, I, I've never been that interested in him. Uh, I, I would ask him probably about other players. Yes. Uh, I, I, you know, when we were in Seattle... He played next to Kerry Hyder. They won the division. Kerry Hyder's a defensive end. He started defensive tackle, played the whole game, and did a good job. And I asked him, hey, like, were you impressed that Kerry Hyder started out of position and played so well? And he said, next question. I don't know. Just thought it would be – because he's a very smart guy, and he can actually say specific nice things about other players. I thought that would have been interesting. Actually, I think where he's best at is breaking down the opponents. He's very smart. Robert Sala told me that. Like, of all of his players, Eric Armstead watches the most film and called Sala with the most notes and the most suggestions, uh, like a coach. So it would be interesting to actually talk to Armstead each week about what he sees from the upcoming opponent. But he's not that forthcoming in interviews. I think he's probably more forthcoming with his coaches and teammates. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but he's very know, analytical and smart. I have covered players, uh, uh, hundreds, who mm-hmm. were not in themselves all that interesting but would give me insights into other things. Exactly. He's and like they, were, they were very yeah. valuable, although I probably never wrote a profile of them. Yeah, no, I'm not that interested. He doesn't really talk about himself in an interesting way, but he'll talk about his teammates. He'll talk about the game, the, the opponent. Uh, you know, He'll talk about his charity in Sacramento. He has a lot of things that he's very deep about. So yeah, he, yeah. he is. And yesterday he gave the, the media 13 minutes. He's very easy with his time. He used to be, didn't, he used to not like talking to the media. When he was young, he was injured, and a lot of the questions were, so what's up with your injury? He hated that stuff. But now that he's an established good player who makes a lot of money, comes out there, answers questions, 15 minutes, very generous. Captain. So I would like to point something out. You're a lot more generous toward him than he is toward you. Yeah, that he's you don't have got to, this he, personal beef with me. I don't, I, I don't have anything personal against Eric Armstead. I don't even yeah, know Eric Armstead. Yeah, I just find that very interesting. Um, yeah, and you know what? Th- these things are funny. Uh, sometime they, he'll be retired and he'll come back to an old timer's day and he'll seek you out. He he'll doesn't know it. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it, how it, it happens all the time. Yeah. Hey, remember 20 years ago when we hated each other? No, nah, I didn't really hate you, but hey, how you doing? Good to see you, man. That stuff happens all the time. If you were to see Anthony Davis now, I bet he'd be very happy to see you. Absolutely. It would be a trip and a half to see Anthony Davis. That would be really cool. I wonder what he's You would like days. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think he's on social media. One of these guys you can't track down. I would love to know, where is he now, Anthony Davis? You know, I bet the team could help you with that. Yeah, I bet they could. 
I bet they could. I'll talk to him. That would be an interesting. That would be an interesting interview. I wonder. 2.0 says if the Niners are going with Purdy, I can't see why they would want to keep Trey and deal with fans calling for him whenever Purdy makes mis- uh, a mistake. Doesn't sound worth it if you don't like him, anyways. If the Niners are going with Purdy, I can't see why they wouldn't. Why they would want to keep Trey? What do you think? Yeah. I think they're going to keep Trey simply because I don't think they can get much for getting rid of him. And I think they would like, again, I could be wrong. They could trade him on Thursday. But I think they would like to see how this plays out. And what's more, I think that's the prudent way to see how it plays out with the three quarterbacks. Right. Like they're saying they they have big plans for this year. So if they trade Trey Lance, they got to convince everyone that what they get in return helps them, makes them a better team right now. Right yep. now. Third round pick doesn't do it. I don't even know if a second round pick does. Uh, Speary says, Lowell, true or false, did Bill want Holmgren to replace him? That's a very interesting... Uh, I, Bill never said that to me. I don't know who he wanted to replace him. But here's the thing. The word... And by the way, I never talked to Bill about this. But the word was that he wanted Seifert to replace him, but because he felt Seifert would not be as good as him. You have to remember how Bill was. He was very insecure and had an ego. I've never encountered an ego like that, okay? Um, so I, I, I think there was a part of him that wanted his successor not to do well because if he didn't do well, then people would say, you see, we needed Bill. See, Bill right. was the greatest. Right. But George went on to win to win two Super Bowls. But right. everything I heard was that the one he recommended was uh, George Seifert. I never heard that it was Holmgren. Interesting. And, of course, and he, it, he recommended the defensive guy, not the offensive guy who could have been the next yeah. Bill Walsh. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. Bill once said to me, you know, he used to bring up topics that were interesting to me and I suppose now that he's gone, I, I, I could say these things. If if purists are angry at me, I'm sorry. But he once said to me, I want you to know who the, the greatest coach, the best, not the greatest, he would never say that, the best coach is that I ever uh, developed. And he said, it wasn't Sam Weish, but Sam was the most brilliant and the most creative. It was Dennis Green. Mm-hmm. He said Dennis Green, and he didn't say Holmgren, and he didn't say Seifert. He said Dennis Green, and Dennis Green was a hell of a coach. But was a he a coach. didn't accomplish what Seifert accomplished. Or Holmgren. Or Holmgren. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Ordinary's Faithful says, compare George Kittle with Brent Jones. Well, I th- uh, boy, I think Brent Jones was a better player. Yeah. I do. I think he was a better. Uh, uh, I think he was a more important weapon, a more important pass catcher. More, uh, more big plays, more dramatic. That's what I, I think. I think he was a better route runner. I think Kittle might have been a little bit tougher to tackle, maybe. Yeah. Probably a better yeah. blocker, but Brent Jones was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. And he I was never like br- the, the number one option on the team. He was played with Jerry Rice and John Taylor and yeah. Roger Craig. Yeah, and I want to say something else uh, sure. uh, um, about Brent. Brent is a very normal person, okay? Yeah. I'm not saying Kittle isn't That's normal because I haven't met him. But right. Brent Jones was never trying to be the center of... Of attention. Of, and Kittle, if there's a parade, he wants to be in front of it. Right. He's like that. That's true. Brent Jones wasn't that way at all. And the other thing about Brent Jones, 
During the lunch hour when we were allowed in, he was always at his locker. He was he was a guy like Will Clark was always at his locker. You know? He's he, down to he earth. Was down to earth. And I Ira and I would go sit with him, we'd joke and and of course he got something out of it because we liked him and we wrote nice things about him. But he he was normal. And you know that when I describe an athlete, professional athlete, and if I use the term normal, it's the highest praise because so sure. many of them are not normal. They're not in our reality. And Iggy, right. you, you've learned that, right? They can be pleasant, but you wouldn't want to have dinner with them. You'd have to talk was, about them the, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it's because a lot of times these guys have been sort of like celebrities since they were 12 or had their right. butts kissed since they were 12 and really haven't had a normal upbringing. But Kittle, I mean, he was a fifth-round pick. I think he had 50 catches in college. When he first came to the Niners, he seemed normal, uh, and if not, you know, gregarious. But now he's got like a whole persona like he's a professional wrestler. And he's actually like was in WrestleMania a couple months ago. And he actually seems like he's creating a persona and preparing for an eventual transition to the WWE, which is not Brent Jones. <laughs> not Brent no. Jones. No. 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 Uh, San Fran 49er fan says, in y'all's opinion, why is the Niner fan base so toxic? Adjacent to that point, shout out to your haters, Grant. They get you paid, my guy. Is it toxic? I don't think so. Um, look, I'm from the East Coast. New York fans and Philly fans, that's toxic. I mean, those people are really, really vicious. And the media is, in certain ways, very vicious, too. Uh, I think this fan base is very opinionated and very passionate, but I wouldn't call it toxic. I wouldn't. That's not the word I would use, actually. It's very patient, the way I see it. Yeah. Christopher Dillman says, my favorite father and son combo on my screen. Thank you. The only trade that would make sense is Houston number 12, uh, pick for Trey. Houston will take Will Anderson, number two, at D-end and quarterback for Houston. Come on, D'Amico, make it happen. Dad, you got a life-size picture of the Houston Texans trading the 12th pick in the draft for Trey Lance. No, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. And what's interesting, people think like, okay, well, let's trade Trey Lance to a team that has some Niner people, people that, come, that, that know Trey Lance. Well, if the Niners theoretically are down on Trey Lance, wouldn't people that came from the Niners be down on him too? Yeah. He's in a tough spot, Dad. He's in a tough spot. Yeah, you'd Poor think kid. if someone really liked him, Miami would go after him. But who knows how the Niners feel? And if they if they're down on him, I don't think you know ex Niners would would take him. I feel yeah. bad for Trey because all of his value is still based on that one year that was like three four years ago. And I don't know who's in his. I don't know who believes in him anymore. That's a tough place to be. In. So, but at least people believe in Sam Darnold, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> Dad, if we were a click, would we would we be the the Healdsburg click, me and you in Healdsburg? Where we go? We'd be if the we'd Healdsburg be a click. click who the Healdsburg? Would, who would be in our click? Our family. Our family. <laughs> People related to us uh, by blood. Um, I, what I would say is I'm different from you. Yeah. Probably in my in my click, uh, Maddie Mayoko. Oh, Maddie. Annie Killian. Oh, okay. Annie Killian. Professional clique. And, uh, and my professional clique. Oh, Maddie okay. Mayoko, Annie Killian, and Scott Osler. We're, we're Josh all Dubow. very, very good. Josh Dubow. Yes. Although, Iggy, um, he'd be in your clique. I love yeah. Josh and Janie, but I'm really not in touch with them. Although, Janie sent me a photo of me uh, two weeks ago. 
Oh, I, I sit next Josh's to Josh. Wife. I sit next to Josh every day at, at the Niners. He's, he's got the cubicle next to me, and he's a lot of fun. He's got a twinkle in his eye and a devil in his spirit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. I do. I Josh. know what you mean. Josh. Anyone else? Yeah. I mean, people. Maddie for sure. I love Maddie. He always comes by and says hi. He's a, he's really a nice wonderful. Guy. He's, he's a wonderful guy. And guy. Maddie and Annie and I and some others are in the same wine club, and have been in for years. Some people, don't, some people may not know about Maddie, although I think a lot of Niner fans do know. Is Maddie's a lot of fun on the road. He's yeah. a lot of fun. He'll stay out. He'll drink. He'll meet up with the fans. He'll meet up with all the. He's a lot of fun. Mad and Cam too. Cam Inman. The two of them. It's like Animal House. They're hilarious. I think they uh, egg each other on. Cone Triangle, New York. Looks like it needed some TLC. What do you mean? Cone Triangle? I don't understand. I don't understand. You talking code, fish and chips. Addicted to action says Jimmy G screwed over the Niners by signing him $137 million. My mom said it was a mistake to overpay him. His mom said it. Niners should have signed Tom Brady, but they can't because Jimmy's contract. Great to see Lowell talking about the past. Thank you. But um, I don't think Jimmy G screwed over the Niners. The Niners screwed over the Niners. Right. Jimmy G didn't do anything wrong. He, he didn't name his price. The Niners were so eager to make him the highest paid player in the yeah, league. Yeah, after, because, after again, how many played games? five games. Yeah. Five. That's the magic number for the 49ers. Five. Yeah. Edgardo Rosario says, we aren't toxic fans, East Coast fans. We just don't allow any BS from the team we cheer for. And our reporters ask the tough questions and follow-ups. We don't let you off the hook. Fair oh, enough. He's saying, that, he's saying that East Coast fans are not toxic. I, right. I agree with Fair you. enough, Edgardo. Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't lived in New York in about 60 years, so thank you so much for the update. Kev F. says, is Oakland a good sports town? Thoughts on Vegas A's? Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's a great question. Iggy, clearly uh, it's not a good sports town because all the teams are leaving. And oh, man. Uh, yeah. I think it's one of the best, but you got to invest do? in it. You got to invest yeah. in it. I mean, you can't ask Oakland to build you a stadium. If that's the measure of a good sports town, then it's the worst because it's not going to build you a stadium. It can't even afford to fund its public schools. But if you actually build your own stadium and you invest in the fans, the fans will come. If you invest in your team, the fans will come. The fans went to A's games when they didn't actively suck. The fans went to the Warrior games. I don't know. I think it's interesting. You go to, the, go, to the, go, to, go to Vegas. You'll have no fans. You won't fill up that stadium. You could put as much money in as you want to it as possible. No one's going to care about baseball in Vegas. That's my prediction. Uh, I, I, I kind of agree with you. And I want to say, I don't talk much about uh, baseball anymore. The A's ownership is one of the worst I've ever encountered in my life. Uh, they have they have made that team, Iggy, into a minor league baseball team. Yeah, and they got rewarded with a billion-dollar stadium from Vegas. Hilarious. Yeah. And now we're supposed yeah. to believe that the A's are going to start investing in their roster? I'll believe it when I see it. When they get a stadium, they're going to suck for years to come. That owner should hide under the bed for the next two years. He seems like he's been hiding under the bed the last 20 years. <laughs> Remember you <laughs> met him that true. one time and you had no idea who the hell he was? And, and That's Ken right. And was like, you don't know who that was, do you? That's the owner of the team. Yeah, I had no idea. Just sort of was some uh, fan. unshaved f- fan who interrupted a, a conversation I was having. And Kenny, Kenny says, when he left, and I'm so happy he left, he says, you have no idea who that was, do you? I said, no. He says, that's the owner. I didn't even know. Can you imagine me not knowing an owner? I, I can't imagine that. I, the thing with these owners, they're billionaires, but they expect the they, – they go – they don't want to build their own stadium, which is amazing to me. So uh, 
what he the Raiders moved to Vegas where you have no fans. And so I covered a game there. All the fans there were Niner fans. There's no fan base there. Or 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 the Rams. They left St. Louis because St. Louis wouldn't build them a stadium. They got one in LA. There are no Rams fans in LA. So they have games there. But the only people who show up are the are the uh, away team's fans. So every game is an away team for the Rams. They have to use silent count at home. And when they play the Niners, it's embarrassing. So I don't know how many more, how good of an idea it is to just uproot your team and move it to a place where you have no fans just because you have a really pretty stadium that you can't fill. Is that a good look? And here's the thing. Um, <laughs> the A's, I, I, I hate talking about them. Yeah. They, they're going to get a stadium in Vegas. Is it going to be on the water? There is no water in Vegas. It's in the desert. They're pissed because they couldn't get a stadium on the water in 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 Oakland. They have that property by the Oakland Coliseum. The city and the county would have done backflips. They could have developed that. They could have made it an industrial park. They could have done everything there that they're going to do in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I know. And there's yeah. a BART station there and 880. Right. right. And fans. So, and, and fans. History. Yeah. So, so I don't see... They're not getting. Uh, they're not going to be on the bay in Las Vegas. So, what is the advantage of Vegas over what they would have had in that in Oakland, in East Oakland? I don't get it. That if you were a tourist in Vegas for the weekend, how far down the list would be go to an A's game? I wouldn't even consider it. It wouldn't even be. It would be not a consideration. Go to an A's game. There's so much. Th- so much you could do. You could go to Cirque du Soleil. You could go to these restaurants. No, let's go watch. Ba- let's go watch the Oakland, the Las Vegas A's. Excuse me. Nah, that doesn't see. That's a non-starter right there. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Are you? You grew up in Oakland. Are you pissed that they're leaving? Yeah, because I mean, I don't care that they're leaving, but I'm pissed because they always made. They always demonized Oakland every step of the way. Oakland doesn't care about us. Oakland doesn't care about baseball. Like, shut up. You guys don't care about your team. You guys don't care about baseball. You're the bad guys. Oakland is not the bad guy here. What are we supposed to do? Just keep showing up to the games? We don't know who the hell's on the roster? Because you traded everyone? That's not I realistic. Have, I have no idea who's on the roster. Hey, Iggy, do you remember the time X number of years ago, you, Mom, and I went to the Museum of Modern Art, and the Fishers, that's the, the guys who own that team, they had their art collection on display, and it Unreal. was priceless. It must yes. have been billions of dollars, oh. right, Iggy? Yeah. It was like from masters, and it was unbelievable. And I, I wrote down, for this painting, they could have had a good shortstop. That's right. This painting right here is more valuable yeah. than their third baseman. Right now. <laughs> right, right. They, could, like, they boy, spend on art, but yeah, they, they would do. spend on the baseball team. And it always felt like they were trying to drive away the Oakland fans, so their stadium could be empty, so they could make the argument, we got to leave Oakland. That's the way yeah. it always felt like they were, and then they did it. So what I, what I hope is, I've heard like, I've heard that Mark Davis wanted to build something in Oakland, the A's blocked him, so now he's feeling vindictive and he's going to try to block the A's from moving into his territory in Vegas. So Mark, do your thing. Really? Do your thing. Yeah. R- really? Yeah, screw him. Whoa. Yeah. You live in line. You live in your loin. <laughs> Ryan G. Hensley says, on the subject of Sam Darnold, what quarterback has improved their play under Kyle Shanahan as a head coach? Honest question, can you name one? Right. Is he <laughs> Jim Harbaugh? Is he the, is he the quarterback whisperer? Um, Ryan, 
Uh, uh, Johnny Unitas, I think Johnny Unitas. Matt Ryan had his best season under Kyle, but Matt Ryan was already a Pro Bowl quarterback. Matt Ryan was already really good. Sam Darnold is terrible, and Kyle's trying to pull the Jim Harbaugh where he breathes confidence and life into someone. I don't think he's ever done it. Let's not go to Atlanta. On, on the San Francisco Giants, what quarterback 49ers. has he... Im- I'm sorry. I was talking... Uh, Ay, 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 I'm an old man. Well, On the 49ers, what quarterback has he improved? You can't say Purdy, right? Because it's not like he struggled somewhere else and then came here. Uh, Plus, it, I don't think they were paying much attention to Purdy. It's not like Brian Hoyer improved when he came over here. No, you're right. That's a good point, Ryan. Thank Ryan you, Ryan. Ryan makes good points. We should do a it's show good. together. Travis Howard says Trey can't be traded because the Niners have made it seem as if Trey can't beat out quarterbacks with broken throwing arms, so Purdy has to deal with Trey's grind. Yeah, the Niners do a good job of torpedoing their Trey's trade uh, trade stock. We really want to trade him. It's just that he can't beat out anyone on our team and we don't like him, but we, you should. And he can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. He can't beat out anyone on our team and we're tired of him after four starts, but wow, the phones are ringing <laughs> off the hook. They're terrible. Uh, Mr. Bell says Kittle should have should have longevity now because he doesn't have to catch Jimmy's hos- Jimmy's hospital balls. Oof. Okay. Hey, okay. We'll see. Chris Sims says, "Hi Grant, do you think Sam Darnold could have a turnaround in this offense like Geno Smith did with the Seahawks? Love your channel." Geno Smith was on the Seahawks for a very long time before they actually made him the starter. There was a long rebuild of confidence and stuff. I don't know. I happen to think no with Sam, but um, I guess we'll see. I'm, I, I kind of think the Niners don't have their franchise quarterback on their team, but we'll see. Aaron Jacobs says, I just bought your book, Mr. Cohn. Looking forward to the read. I feel like the Niners are just trolling the media and fans again. Aaron, thank you so much for buying my book. He's got another one on the way. Wait for it. Fish and Chip says, Cone Triangle is a small park in New York, Brooklyn. Did you know that? Really? Um, I'm from Brooklyn. I never heard uh, of it. I'm from Flatbush, so I don't think Cone Triangle is in Flatbush. Or maybe it's after I left. I went to college in 1962, and I left for good in 1966 when I came out here for Stanford. Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm looking at it. It really does exist. It's right by the Williamsburg Bridge. It's really close to Peter Luger Steakhouse. So Iggy and his wife Swasti and I went to Peter Luger Steakhouse. So it's Williamsburg, way, way near Manhattan. Yeah, it's way far away from where you grew up. Brooklyn's huge. Okay, thank wow. you. Yeah. Brooklyn is huge. Brooklyn is huge. Me. Brooklyn's like Oakland plus Berkeley plus Hayward plus San Leandro. Plus, it's just like, how does this keep going? Yeah, with this way of talking. With this way of talking. Joey says, I can't comprehend how everyone is so opinionated on Trey, considering he hasn't played but a handful of snaps. Too many false narratives, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, too many people who are like, I've seen enough. I, I, I can tell you for certain what he is. Wow. You're talented. Spiri says, Lowell, Jennifer Lee Chan, better wrestler or reporter? <laughs> uh, She's very all good the best. All the best to Jennifer. She's very good at both. Niners Faithful says, what do you think about New York Jets this season? I think they're going to uh, not win a Super Bowl. I think there's going to be tremendous um, anger, disharmony on that team. I think poor Robert Sala he doesn't understand what he's got with that quarterback. How long before Aaron Rodgers is uh, showing up Robert Solid during games on television? Yeah. On the yeah. field. Four games, three games. Um, Matt Flores says, chat GPT replacing mundane articles by Lombardi. Oof. I, I, so, I don't know what that means. 
Do I need to know what it means? No, Okay, but I do. 2.0 says, if I'm Trey, I feel like I shouldn't have to compete against guys with way more experience. I won't win that. I need to get experience first, and then I'll be better. I have to think he wants out. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I mean, the whole thing with Trey, you're supposed to be patient with him. In this NFL.com draft report, whoever drafts him has to be patient. Well, if you're always comparing him to someone and say, well, Jimmy's better than him right now, or Sam's better than him right now, it's not exactly being patient with your project. Right. How do you expect someone who has no experience to be better than someone with experience immediately? Iggy, he shouldn't have been a project in the first place. If he was a project, they shouldn't have drafted him. Yeah, you draft true. someone that you that is reasonably sure that this is the guy who's going to take over. If they thought he was a project, they never should have done what they did. And if they did it and didn't think he was a project, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. That's the one that they did. They didn't think he was a project. But in retrospect, 300-something throws in college, that's not enough preparation. For they the should have known. So they should have known. And you know, if he could have done something differently— the one mistake I think he made was he should have went back to school. He should once you declare it's all it's out of your hands and you go up, you end up on a team like the Niners and you think it's a blessing because they're good, but all at the same time they're not patient. They're not here to wait around. You got to be ready. You get one chance to to impress them and you didn't. And Brock Purdy did. And now look at you. You're not even 23 years old and you're thinking, what happened to my career? Should have yeah. went back to school. Should have went back to yeah. school. Should have yeah. gone back to school. Should. I always do that. Should have gone. William Bonnet says, so interesting listening to Mr. Cone's perspective on the championship years and the contrast of how it's ran now. The game style changes in the NFL, but how to run a winning organization does not. Boy, do I agree with that. Even if what you did was a lemonade stand. Ooh. <laughs> oh! Ooh. What's oh. interesting is like, the team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've had three coaches in the last 50 years. They've had a very cohesive organization forever not that it's better or anything but they have history and they don't really deviate the Niners they really act like the stuff that they did in the 80s and 90s was irrelevant and that they're onto a new thing with new ownership and new ideas and it was a mere lemonade like how could you turn your back on your history Kyle doesn't watch the Bill Walsh tapes Jed York thinks Eddie D was running a lemonade stand what the hell is going on yeah, William and Bob I want to tell you says, where that comes oh, from. What? It comes from Jed. He runs yeah. the show. You know, yeah. here's what I've noticed about Jed. And Jed, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Jed never talks about Eddie. Ever. Okay? Except when he's in trouble. Then he talks to my uncle, my uncle. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very close with my uncle and we talk all the time and i'm, I'm what do you in mean his... in trouble like we just went two and 14 and you know, <laughs> right. everyone wants me fired but don't worry i talked to eddie and he gave me some ideas yeah um yeah i i think he doesn't give a crap about the history i don't think he really wants to hear from eddie or eddie's people all that much but i'll tell you something when i talk to eddie eddie is very loving about jed oh on the record and nice. off the record he's very nice. loving about Jed, and he's very loving about his sister. You know, like a good Eddie, uncle. Uh, he's Italian. His family. His, his family. He's Italian. You know what I mean? He's very loving about his sister and his nephew. Eddie, uh, when he was younger, was difficult, but so was I. Yeah. And I want to say that Eddie has grown into a lovely older man. And when he talks about Jed, he talks about him with great affection, great love. I don't hear that from Jed. No, I agree with you on that. 2.0 says, in response to Ryan Hensley, has anyone had better season with, 
better seasons without Kyle than with him. Shaw, Matt Ryan, Jimmy, we'll see. I think these guys are better with Kyle Shanahan. Maybe Cousins, but that was Shan's guy too. I guess you'd have to say Cousins. Uh, he didn't really play very well for Shanahan, and then Shanahan left. McVeigh took over, and Cousins' career took off. But that's it. It's a good, good point. Josh Wyatt says, you guys still think there wasn't a, a power struggle in the front office? Hargrave move makes perfect sense considering the Marate news. What Joshua is saying is that Hargrave is not a Parag Marate move. That's a big, big splurge, and he's very um, measured. Uh, and then he's gone uh, or reassigned or whatever. I see what you mean. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out if he really is gone. He could still be around. That's right. I'm not so sure yeah. he's reassigned. Yeah. Lowell, do you remember the lemonade stand? Says fish and chips. <laughs> was that was that candlestick or the whole operation? It's, wow, so disrespectful, Parag. 2.0 yeah. says 100% Lowell. Should you ever spend a number three on a project ever, let alone two other firsts? Why would you ever take on any project with that pick? Yeah. Uh, what they did, it. yeah, what they did was very um, innocent. That's the Trading best way. Trading up for it made it worse. Trading up yeah. for it made it worse. Trading up. Yeah, when they probably could have got him where they were. Yeah, absolutely. Oof. Yeah. So that's the thing. I mean, they, they put him in a bad situation, and now he takes the criticism. Josh Wyatt says the Niners painted themselves into a corner with the trade up. They ended up drafting the guy they couldn't talk themselves out of because they didn't have enough data. Was there a right choice? That's a great question. I don't think there was a right choice, and I don't. I think that was very much a function of the pandemic. They canceled the football season. They canceled the combine. There wasn't a lot of data. Team made some, teams made some bad decisions based on little evidence. You guys don't want the show to end. You keep making us keep going. Thank you guys very much. It's been a lot. Of, we were done with topics like a half an hour ago, but you guys have extended it. So thank you. But that's it. That's the end of the show. I thought it was a good one. Okay. All right. I enjoyed it, Iggy. I love you, Dad. I'll call you right after this. I love you. And you'll tell me who you talk to about... Uh Who's yeah, I want you to guess first, but you, but I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, okay. Goodbye, right. everybody. Thank, thanks for watching. Thank you.